Destiny U, a place where we restore hope, ignite passions, make dreams a reality, and help you to unlock your future. Welcome to Destiny U with your host, Rich Darnell. Hello world, this is your host, Rich Darnell with Destiny U. Did you know that you're a very powerful person, that your life is significant and has great destiny when you've been empowered with the truth of God's word and his calling upon your life, then you are being positioned to be a world changer. I want you to know that if you're listening today, you are a world changer. God has called you to be the one that can change your world. To see your family come into the reality of who Christ is and his destiny for them. To see your city, your community, your nation. See, Jesus died for the whole world, not just for individuals. And you have been chosen by God to be one, to carry the powerful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To change lives cities, communities, and nations. I just want to encourage you on that today. It's the destiny of God inside of you. And today we're going to go over part two of a time to die for a new move of God. You know, this is uh, last week we begin this message. It's a two-part series. And we begin to talk about a prophetic journey that the Lord had led me on, on how he gave me a, a vision of uh, how the people asked me for a prophetic word, and I said, it's a time to die. And then right after that, how somebody came up and shared with me about a, a, a devotional about his time to die, and then my pastor called me, and all these different things that to uh, minister and how God began to speak to me out of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, verses one through seven, about it's a time to die. You know, we know the scriptures say that uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. You know, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A very powerful scripture because I want you to realize that he, in this dying to self, that it's not a, a, a selfishness to where we get walked over and put down. It's actually, are we willing to sacrifice for the for the body of Christ. He was crucified with Christ, and we know we're the body of Christ. Am I willing to go through the process to see the body itself manifest the glory of God? Am I willing to let go of building my ministry and my kingdom, my empire, my business, my dream? Uh, there's a lot of that that's godly, but it's got a humanistic twist on it to really walk in the power and demonstration of the love of Christ. I love the other part of this scripture where it says, you know, that I walk in, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You know, it's Christ living in you. It's not just him, but his people. Paul had a broken heart for the people of God. In the life I live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God. I, that faith in 
In the Greek, it's not faith that you have faith in God. It literally means the faith of God. Do you know that you've been given the measure of faith? Every man, woman, and child has been given the measure of faith, a measure of faith to accomplish the will of God. So you lack nothing. The faith of God is contained within his word. Whatever word he brings to you has the power to do what is called to do in you, and you have the ability to execute it. Because God's doing it with you. You know, whether that's salvation, when the word of God comes and and, and convicts you of your sin and you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the power of God. That's the grace of God. If he gives you a prophetic word about being a a doctor, a lawyer, an artist, a teacher, a, a minister, whatever it is that he's called you to be, when that word comes forth, he's called you to be a mother, a father, um, what healing, whatever that word comes forth that is from the mouth of God, the power within it, the faith needed to execute that word is already within the word. You just need to receive the word, believe the word, and, and, and confess the word. You know, that's just really simple. And there's a process of working it out. It's not always just magic. I mean, as soon as we do it, it's instantaneously. It's not microwavable. It is a process, right? But also in last week's message, as we begin to talk about this crucifixion, dying to self for the anointing, to be anointed for the body, to be a part of the anointing. I love that. The anointing oil is not one part. There's several parts beaten together, mixed together, you know, composed together. That's what makes the anointing. So the anointing is not just one ingredient, one person, one you. It's actually you and the, the, the circumstances of life and the people that you're walking with coming together and being beaten means going through process, right? So that you can begin to what? Fulfill the, God, the God-given destiny because it takes the anointing to access the supernatural. It's anointing that destroys the yoke. And we, uh, we talked last week about how... God is doing something in the prophetic realm, that he's bringing a new order, what we call an apostolic order, an order to be sent and to go to accomplish his will in the earth. And we can see a pattern for today in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, one through seven, because the first thing we see is King Uzziah. King Uzziah represents a move of God, a leader, a man of God who is holy unto the Lord, who did a great work for God. And But then pride set in, and he began to exalt himself above what God called him to be. He began to try to not be just a king, but try to be a priest. He began to move in the flesh, so to speak. He began to move in pride, and, that's where the, and he was struck with leprosy. And in that moment, he was removed from his throne. He was no longer seen visible. And, and Uzziah means Jehovah is my strength. That means he, and Jehovah is the covenant name of God. And so in that light, we can begin to see that God is speaking, saying that, you know, this man had a covenant with me, and he knew that covenant, but that, that strength of the covenant became prideful with it. He became prideful with it. He began to think because of his covenant of, with God that he could just do what he wanted to do, and God would back him because he had done so much. Uzziah brought national reformation. Uh, he brought prosperity. He brought peace to the nation. He did a great work for God. But then he was struck with leprosy, meaning he moved in the flesh, right? It was then it says in the year that King Uzziah died, 
that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. Amen. It was when this throne, this authority, because the anointing flows downhill, when this person was removed that Isaiah, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah began to go from woe is you as to woe is me. He began to see the Lord and the train of his glory filling the temple. He began to see a new way. That's where we're at. God is moving in a new way, in a new power, in a new demonstration of the prophetic. You know, and I believe what God is doing is he's removing denominational leaders and denominations because that's what I, I, I hate. I don't want to put down denominations. We thank God for what the denominations have done. But the reality is they've created also a hierarchy and a system within their bone belief system. That they, They've parked on a revelation. They got prideful with it. And they begin to build a kingdom of man, an empire of man around the revelation, not around Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible does say, Jesus said this, the traditions of men make the word of God non-effective. Why are we not seeing society change? Why do we see so much darkness in the earth today? Why do we see, even, I look at uh, this, this is uh, 2016, if you hear this later, and uh, in February, and we're looking at the elections, and people that call themselves believers are backstabbing, biting, and tearing down, and acting on Christ. They're just going around, tearing people down with their words and dishonor and it's just not God you know I mean if you're going to call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ there's a way that you can bring truth and even ex and, and confront people's unrighteousness without just belittling them you know but that's a whole nother story here so what I want to get into today is about Isaiah first. Isaiah means Jehovah is salvation. See, Uzziah represented a man of God establishing a covenant of God. Isaiah represents the fullness of salvation. And salvation means more than just being born again and going to heaven. It's being redeemed in the full purpose of plan of God on your life. That Jesus died and shed his blood for. I want to say that again. Salvation is being redeemed in the full purpose and plan of God on your life. That Jesus died and shed his blood for. He did not die to take you to heaven. He died to bring heaven to earth. He died for thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I'm not going to explain. Bound on that at this moment. I'm not going to go into that too deep. I just want us to realize that. See, God's original plan was that not that man would come to him, but that man would take back rule on earth and reestablish his kingdom on earth. The first Adam lost it in the garden. The second Adam redeemed it on the cross, and it was sealed by his resurrection. So then we want to look at the power of Isaiah's ministry. Was it represented? Uh, you know, here is he's talking about the full effect of salvation. It didn't fully come into manifestation until he saw Jesus on the throne. The character of God that was revealed to him when he saw the king, Yahweh Sabaoth, the covenant God of the armies, he saw the commander-in-chief sitting on the throne. It, it, it changed him. He saw the Lord of hosts. He saw something he'd never seen before, and it shook him to his core. You know, on Pentecost Sunday, May 15, 2005, the Holy Spirit spoke to me the following thing. When the spirit of Elijah came in the day of John the Baptist, speaking, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Now the spirit of Elijah is going to say, 
Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah who comes and roars in victory. In other words, here comes the king. Yes, we must see him as a lamb on the throne. He is the lamb who takes away our sins, but we also must recognize he's more than the lamb. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the king of kings and the Lord's the Lord. He is sitting and ruling reign. He's king now. We're not waiting for him to come back to be king. He's already king, but he's needing us to enforce his kingdom rule. We're his ambassadors. We're the ones called to colonize the earth to make it look like heaven on earth, right? Heaven on earth. That means we're called to execute that. The Lord also spoke to this to me in February 2005, a word called transcrossal. It does not even exist in the dictionary. And I wrestled with it a little bit, but I looked it up. I began to put the word together. And the, the prefix trans means on the other side of, the, you know, over, across. The word cross actually is the covenant signature mark of God. And the suffix al, all, means a condition or relating to the two. So we could say the word transcrossal could mean relating to the other side of the cross. or So the signature of God was marked on the cross, but how do we relate to Jesus, the other side of the crucifixion? That's what God is wanting us to do. See, the Lord spoke to me this, that the religious spirits wants to keep our attention, focus on Jesus at the cross, and keep us coming back to the cross over and over. He said the problem with today's church is the saints keep coming back to the cross asking for forgiveness over and over. However, his blood has already paid for the price. See, we need to come to the other side of the cross. See, a sinner comes to the cross. They don't know God yet. They're not in relationship. They don't even have access to the throne yet. But once you become saved, once you accept Jesus Christ, then you are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You're a saint living by grace. And the word tells us to boldly come before the throne of grace to seek mercy in time of need. We as born-again believers need to put the message of the cross into perspective of what the word tells us. How many times we preach and tell people, come to the cross, come to the cross. This is true, as I said, for the sinner, but not for the saint, not the one that's been born again, not the one that's been accepted Jesus Christ. We do not take the cross out of the picture we put it in proper perspective. It is behind us. We are truly crucified. We, you know, if we've really died to Jesus, we've resurrected with him, we're sitting on the throne with him. The world even tells us we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. So when I want to think of when Isaiah saw the king, he realized he was preaching the word, but not in the revelation of what God meant it to be. You know, and that's what I want to talk about. He began to get a new revelation. The first thing he did is, oh, my God, I'm an unclean lips. And I'm among people of unclean lips. You know, how many preachers nowadays, because they're following the throne of Isaiah, are not preaching the word of God by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. They're preaching their denominational doctrines and philosophies. Right. And it's not the Holy Spirit. It's a familiar spirit. And these people are saved. But. They are not renewed into the truth of God. Therefore, they're preaching what they're taught, not what God is saying. You know, there's nothing wrong with seminaries, but 
That's why we have so many seminary trained preachers. They're trained in an institution and they have no power. They're like the scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day. The world tells us that Jesus is not walk as the scribes and teachers of the law, but one who had authority. That's the reason why I think we have lack so much authority in the body of Christ is we have institutionalized the gospel to fit our needs and wants and desires and what we believe it's supposed to be instead of embracing the fullness of it. I love this because once he recognized that he was speaking wrong, that I don't know, I'm a minister, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been preaching for 17 years. And out in that time, there's many a time like, oh my God, if I'd known this, I wouldn't have been preaching the same way. That was God's grace. I look back, sometimes I think the only thing I had right when I first started preaching was that Jesus saved. And I saw God move, you know. But he's changed me so much and, and renewed my mind in so many different ways. Can't even get that right now. But once he, Isaiah, saw the Lord hide and lifted up, and he began to repent, began to say, whoa, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking right. I'm, my, my mouth is not lined up with what heaven is speaking about. I've been speaking what I see, not what God's heart, not with the heart of the Father. Woe is them. Woe them. Ain't that the prophetic? I always point out, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I, I want to speak to y'all prophets out there going, whoa, whoa, and judging and saying the Lord says this, that, and the other. And with the wrong heart. Yes, judgments can come, things can come, but God always has to read the Gospels, read, the, read the, the, the prophet Jeremiah, read Isaiah. They never spoke a judgment without a promise of restitution. So I want to challenge every prophet and prophetic voice that's going that God's going to do this and America's doom and gloom and the world's going to hell and all this stuff. And, they're not, and, then, and the only viable solution they have is the rapture is coming. You need to go and get before your face before God and say, God, you need to show me what's really going on because that ain't what's happening. And you're preaching part revelation. You're preaching according to the knowledge of man and not the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because God never prophesies a judgment without giving a solution. I'm preaching now, you know. So what we see in Isaiah, back to the point, is once his lips, he began to realize he was speaking wrong. The Sephirim went from the altar of incense and touched his lips and told him he was purged and his sin and iniquity was removed. Iniquity means nothing but to twist. See, when I'm twisted, I see myself and all the things I am, but do not see what Jesus says I am. He does not see, that's when I'm walking in iniquity, right? I'm, I'm, I'm oh God, I'm no good. I'm just, just, I'm so messed up. I'm so sorry. See, you're, you're focusing on who you think you are, not who Jesus says you are. He says you're the righteous of who he is. He died to make you righteous. You're a son of God. You're holy, not because of conduct, because he made you holy. See, you don't try to do holiness. You are holy. If you be holy, as he is holy, that means that it means just be separated unto God. It's not always about conduct. Conduct will be a natural byproduct of a love relationship. You know, it's not denying sin, but you know, it's it's put in perspective of what God is done. It doesn't put me on a guilt trip. That's Satan's game. He came to condemn. He came to put sin over you, put shame, and make you feel hopeless and helpless. And like you always have to earn God's love and do something to make up for what you did wrong. You might have to fix and re and apologize to people and do things, but you ought to be ashamed for that. 
You just say, God, forgive me. I messed up. I'm sorry. Oh, God, help me fix this. And you go about, and whether people receive it or not, that's up to them. See, the altar here would not be the cross as some has preached, though. When, when this, this altar of incense is not, it's in the Holy of Holies. It's incense. It speaks of worship. See, if Jesus is sitting on the throne, and the throne of God would be the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle that Moses was a copy, then the altar incense, what is that? It's prayer. See, prayer is not always asking God about things. It's worship. Worship is more than a song, too. It's obedience unto what God's telling you to be. If he's called you holy, if he's called you a son, if he's called you a priest, if he's called you righteous, if he's called you forgiven, and you say, I'm unforgiven, I'm unholy, I'm not good enough, I, I, I'm bad, I'll never change, I'm an addict, you, you, you keep identifying with the old nature of who God has already crucified on the cross, you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping yourself. You're honoring yourself. See, that's what the Lord showed me. A lot of today's churches, the prophets are acting like the prophets of Baal. You know, they're going around cutting themselves up, saying, I'm so unworthy, oh God. I'm not this, and I'm not that, and I'm always coming to God trying to demonstrate to him how little and sinful I am and how unworthy I am of his love, but grateful that he saved me anyway. You know, I've learned I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I said, I'm a saint of the most high God living by grace. I was a sinner saved by grace, but now I'm saved, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, blood washed. That's what we need to be is blood conscience. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says once the sacrifice has been made, there's no more need for it. You know, if you have to continually make a sacrifice, that means the sin has not been removed. Why? Because the sin, the blood of, of bulls and goats cannot remove sin. So your own works, your own obedience alone will not remove sin. Your obedience is a byproduct of loving God and just obedience. Whether you're giving your time, your resources, you know, you're, 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 you're not getting angry. You're not doing the things of the works of the flesh anymore. You're crucifying your flesh to honor God. To be an example of who he is in the earth? That's just byproduct but of a relationship, communion with God. You can't even commune with God. Come in common union without the blood. It's time to get bloody. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a bloody gospel. You know, in the book of Ephesians, it says, Put on the new man which is created in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. You know, put away the old self. That's, that's an act of faith, saying, no, that's not who I am. That person died. The person that was lusting died. The person that was a foul mouth, cursing, hatred, bitter, racist, died. The person that was a fornicator died. The person that was a depression died. I've been resurrected into the newness of life. And God, I thank you for the grace to keep me. You know, you can't even keep yourself. I just want to encourage you. You know, it's not even through your self-effort. It's total dependency upon Holy Spirit. The scripture says that now unto him is able to keep you from falling. You can't even keep yourself from falling. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's a total dependency upon Jesus Christ. It's not just knowing him as Savior, one who paid the price for your sins, but it's knowing him as Lord, Master. You know, it's a whole different thing. I think that's what Isaiah, he had an encounter with the master. 
the one that he knew that he had to obey his voice that not only forgave him, but was the authority that he could be sent. See, that's what we're entering into is a new reformation, a new awakening. God is removing either the false apostolic, the false kind of apostles, or the, the some of the, 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 the murkiness of the apostolic, this hierarchy, control, who is over you stuff, to realize apostles and prophets are not over anybody. They're actually foundational according to Scripture. That means they're underneath that they're there to support and lift up their sons and daughters. You know, I, I always hear this about spiritual sons and daughters, you know. I don't believe that. I don't believe there's such a thing as spiritual sons and daughters. There's sons and daughters, either biological or covenant. See, a covenant son and daughter is one that's been adopted. So if you've been called to be a parent or you're somebody that you're saying somebody's your spiritual parent, that means it's a covenant relationship. It's an adoption. It's a legal transaction. And that person now has an authority in, a, uh, in your life because you've given it and you've chosen it. But that does not nullify or does not be voided when you choose to walk away if it's from God. You know, we don't get to choose our natural parents, nor do we get to choose our spiritual parents. God chooses it. We just get to agree. And the blessing only comes from agreement. When we agree with what heaven says about us, then, then we are able to manifest it and walk it out in the earth. So I just want to encourage you in this time where God is removing that prophet of Baal, the Baal system of woe and agony and I'm no good and I'm so sorry, always cutting yourself up. Isn't that what the prophets of Baal, they were cutting themselves, means they were using their own blood, their own flesh, their own sacrifice, their own ability to try to please their God to get him to hear them, and he couldn't hear them. Why? Because it's through self-sacrifice that was not the way God says it. Our self-sacrifice is to lift up praise, to lift for sacrifice of praise of thanksgiving. God, I thank you for the blood. I thank you for gave me. I thank you for the promises that are coming true. That's the sacrifice we give. We don't sacrifice animals. We don't sacrifice Jesus again on the cross. We just receive the power of the atonement and thank God for what he's doing in our life, in our family's life, in whatever situation you're facing. So I just want to encourage you today that God has a plan, that he created you. He loves you. He sees everything you're struggling with. He sees every problem that you have or going to have. He's even knowing the mistakes you're going to make tomorrow. So you're not catching them by surprise. He already has a plan of redemption, a plan of restoration, a plan of of. of seeing recompense meaning you know it's so good I love this part when a thief has been caught he has to bring recompense see restoration is just giving you back what you lost recompense is giving you back what you lost with interest so if you lost a house that's rest and you get a new house as restoration recompense is you get a housing division houses so I just want to pray over you right now Father God, I thank you for the people underneath the sound of my voice. I pray right now that every religious spirit, every apostolic covering that's ever hindered, uh, hurt, oppressed, and suppressed the gifts of your people 
will be broken off, your people. Let the anointing come right now that destroys the yoke of man, the traditions of man. Let the people be awakened, God. Let Isaiah be pulled down. And let Isaiah, Father God, see. Let your people see as the prophet Isaiah saw them high and lifted up in the train of his glory. And that way they can say, let us be sent. Let us go and change the world for Jesus. Let us be who you create us to be. I pray and I bless your people with your love, with your power, and with your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would uh, consider praying and partnering with us, we could use some sponsors and partners. You know, you can hear us every week on uh, Monday and Thursday at 4 to 4.30 p.m. at worshipcenterradio.net slash destinyu. Or you can go to richdarnell.co. You know, if you go to richdarnell.co and you sign up for, to receive my updates there, you actually will receive a free gift, my CD called Wealth of the Kingdom. So please feel free to go sign up, get the gift. You don't need to do anything to partner with that, but pray about partnering with us. Remember that we're here for you. And remember that, that God has a plan and it is his destiny in you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, and beautiful, prosperous week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You have been listening to Destiny You with Rich Darnell, a place where we make dreams become a reality. For more resources by Rich, please go to www.richdarnell.co. Be blessed, be empowered, be you. Destiny You.